Welcome, Phoenix fans, to episode 11 of The Burning Bird. I'm Steve Leinert, the play-by-play announcer and host of The Burning Bird. I'm joined with my usual partners in crime, Harvish Huckmeta. Welcome to The Burning Bird again, Harvish. Good, how are we doing? I think our nickname's finally sticking, right? Uh, the, the, yeah. the Huck, Huck is, is, is gaining traction, there's no question about yeah. that. And Alexander Shaggy Shregas, the in-stadium announcer for the Phoenix, back again. Shaggy, yep. thanks again for coming out. Of course, back in tandem than ever. All right, we have, we have moved locations. We are as far west as we've ever been. We're out at Casey's Poorhouse in Berwyn. Thanks for having us out here, uh, Rich from Casey's. And uh, we are here to talk about one of the biggest wins, a shocking win, Evan Leppler said there was no bigger result that caught his attention from the weekend than the Philadelphia Phoenix on the road north of the border. We talk about how hard it is to travel for the Canadian teams to come south. For the for the for these teams to go in the into Canada and win. Who's won in the regular season in Toronto? Is it nobody? Did Montreal win against? No, that was in Montreal. Let's say no. Let's say it's the first win during the regular season. Well, I can say for fact, for factual evidence that the Phoenix are officially the first team to ever sweep a season series with the Rush. The Phoenix won 26-24. And by the way, if you were watching on AUDL.TV like I was, the and the Rush put out an absolute apology uh, for losing... The uh, live stream. The live stream went down just as the game was entering the final, the pivotal moments. And we we had to scramble to find out what happened. And we find out the Phoenix emerged with a 26-24 win. I mean, my word. We're going to, we'll talk about some of the comments that was put out during the the broadcast. I mean, the Phoenix... It seemed to me, uh, their harvest, that they uh, there was a lot of players that seemed to grow up that day in Toronto right before our eyes. Yeah, definitely. I think one player that definitely grew up before our eyes was James Pollard. I can't say enough about him. You know, I've been looking at him all season. I know he can run fast and he can jump really high. He's very athletic, but he hasn't shown up all season. And against that game with Toronto, boy, did he show up. Oh, he did. He Three did. goals, one assist. And how about his Huge. pulling? How about his pulling? I mean, he. There were several times that he pinned Toronto back and allowed the uh, Phoenix defense to set up. And I, I thought that the depth of some of his pulls really helped the Phoenix defense. Yeah, him and Greg Martin do a very good, good job pulling, and he is he is a puller online. He has great hooks, very athletic. Had some phenomenal. He had a rooftop play. He just skied someone like crazy. I think this he really, this was his breakout game. And this just shows us his potential. Jeff George was talking to us earlier about how James Pollard is the man. He should be on the line. He should be playing. Should be starting. I saw it this weekend, what he was seeing in practice. I'm very happy to see that. Speaking of people with big hucks, Shaggy, who was your most surprising player of that Toronto game? I'm going to pick Ryan Weaver. I mean, that's shocking with his, <laughs> with his like, eight assists. Where did he come from? First of all, I would like to say to Ryan Weaver, thank you for the way that you do your head in during the game because it makes it very easy to recognize when it is Ryan Weaver. I That's never had any doubt in my mind who was throwing the disc when Ryan threw it because it was very clear with his headband and his long hair. And most of the season, I have been worried about that particular 
uh, style of play. And this game, every time he touches this, I was excited. He, look, Evan Leffler gave, also gave him a shout-out. Said he had a negative plus-minus to his first 11 games of, the, of his ADL career, which is true. But it doesn't tell the full story. The full story is that, like, Ryan Weaver is uh, – it's a comeback tale for the ADL that, you know, we don't usually get. He was benched this year. He wasn't okay. rostered in multiple games. The Phoenix were at a point with, like, roster limitations where they brought him back on. And it was like, whatever, we were all a little worried about it. And he has t- looked all of us in the face that had deaths, and he showed us wrong. He's a gunslinger who right now is slinging hot fire, and it's so exciting to watch. I haven't been as excited to watch a Phoenix team maybe ever, and it's a lot because of Ryan Weaver and the ability he has to score from anywhere on the field. Now, Coach Dave... Oh, sorry, to throw a score from anywhere on the field. Coach Dave Hampson mentioned how Ryan Weaver had this awesome flick uh, that he's been showing all season long and we've been yet to see it on the field and on Sunday or on Saturday Saturday night I'm sorry on Saturday um, he just it, it looked like you know what it looked like he was playing free you know what I mean like there was no weight on his shoulders there was no pressing there was no anything we talked about how players when they're in power position, I don't care if you're a cutter, I don't care if you're a handler. You gotta let the disc loose. And the Phoenix were they were not only were they throwing it deep, they were cutting deep. And that leads me to my player, my uh, my big change of the uh, I'm sorry, my big uh, standout player, Zach Sands, with six goals. Was that surprising Toronto. though? Was it? Was it surprising? Six goals? Yeah. Six did he, goals. did he show up against Toronto in his first game too? He he, he did he did, but not six goals worth. Okay. That, yeah. And and not in Toronto. I mean, like we talked about how Toronto was going to have all their guys. There were no excuses for the rush this time. And the Phoenix were going up there with a lot of young players that they were going up there light. And you know what happened? Uh, I mean, the Phoenix just turned the tables on him, and it was really something to watch. Um, Har- Harvish, how did it happen? What, what in your opinion was like? What, what in your opinion was the big difference in, in the way? Like I talked about how the Phoenix were playing free, and how they were uh, throwing while like with smart hucks, intelligent power position throws into space for players like Zach Sands to chase uh, chase down. I mean, what what do you think it was? You think it was more of a defensive effort? I mean, twenty six twenty four is a high scoring game for an AEDL uh, contest for a Phoenix game for too, Phoenix, especially especially a Phoenix game. And did they abandon a little defense, do a little rope a dope maybe? First of all, I lost some money. I bet it, with the Phoenix would win, but I also bet it was gonna be under thirty nine points. So that was oh, oh well, and then, <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. That did you bet one. all the Eastern Conference teams to go under and all the Western Conference teams to go over? No. Well, you made money if you did that. <laughs> All right, right Shaggy, calling it like it is. Just saying, like, yeah. okay, all right. But but what, what, what do you think I, the big difference was? You're right. They played free. I think I think no fear was their biggest attribute. We had young guys say, "We're going up to Toronto and show them that you know we can play. We can play. You don't know us. You don't know us. You've never seen us play, and we're gonna we're gonna take it to you. No fear. Free. Dustin Damiano returned. That was huge. Two goals, three assists he, for Dustin there yeah. coming back. He moves right after he throws. He's very good at cutting. Very good. at not possession handling, but more at smart decisions. I think the handler core we had moved the disc very quickly. They kept, they swung it on the field. They flipped the field on them every time. I think that I think that's what did it. These handlers, they hit the open swing, they hit the open pattern, and they had the flow of the offense, and they kept the flow of the offense the whole time. There was not one player 
holding a disc for some time, making a decision, and then kind of dumping it off. There was always movement. There was two points where Arcana just went deep. Two points in a row. Two offensive points in a row. Arcana just went deep, and, he, and the Miami would just deliver. And Arcata had five goals in that game, two assists and a block. And I'm, uh, I'd like to see him on that D-line more, more and more. You know, I just think that he's a guy that can do some real damage defensively and still have enough left in the tank to really carry a team on offense to help get those pivotal breaks that the Phoenix need. And they were sure delivering those from the get-go. And you just, like, you could just tell the Toronto um, announcers that were there, yeah. they were waiting for the rush to hit the gas pedal, <laughs> to turn it on. They never and, gave and, up. And, they just, and like the Phoenix led wire to wire. The Phoenix never trailed in that game, and that was really something that, I mean, it, it, it went from optimism to stunned, like, uh, like acknowledgement. Did, could you, could you relate whenever you were talking against Montreal? When Montreal uh, came to well, when Montreal, when Montreal came to Philadelphia, and they were blowing us out. Uh, and Andrew and I, Andrew DiSabato, my co, my uh, uh, my color analyst in the booth uh, with me there on Phoenix Day, uh, Games on AUDL.TV, catches this. Uh, uh, what is it? Saturday night, 6 p.m. as uh, in the last home game for the Phoenix as we host the New York Empire, and we'll tackle the Empire here in just a moment. But get back to what you were saying. Andrew was Andrew and I were both getting frustrated with the constant swing passes and and reset passes and dump passes and there was no upfield action. There was nothing coming. And now all I saw was uh, people shooting deep and then or coming wide open underneath for big gains last week. They were slicing and dicing more tick and tacking around with the disc and it was just it was so refreshing to watch and and it was it was the, it was the Phoenix team I think we've all been waiting to see it, it, so, you were saying they stopped like pitter pattering with the disc yeah. in the backfield something that's killed the Phoenix this year has been backfield turnovers that we have had just too many times this season have we turned the disc over on a swing pass to a handler that got away or a swing pass to a handler that got deep or a pass to like a handler that made this flat upline cut and someone managed to get onto it and in this game not only did that not really happen it barely happened at all we had three turnovers within you know five yards vertically of the disc three three the whole game if that happened in any other game this season it would have been mind-boggling that is like maybe a third of from any other game this season you know we usually have nine ten of those a game and part of the reason that that was is if you're not stretching the field and going deep and you're throwing 20 passes to your handlers before you look upfield, none of the people guarding the cutters are going to play honest. They're going to creep under and uncreep under and creep under. And when you do finally look up line, there's six guys standing in the lane waiting to poach. And that's what you, you saw um, the D- D.C. Breeze did uh, and Montreal did. They were, po- they, were, they were poaching in the lane, looking for that, uh, taking away that undercut. And when it was forced... It was a turnover, yeah, but now, but now, if that guy poaches the lane, and either that per, their their person goes deep or someone else goes deep, you just throw around that poach, and as long as you bring it back onto the field, you have a high success rate of scoring a goal. And it is, it, like I said again, I'm shocked. I'm still shocked by that they went into Toronto and won. I said the line screamed 
the Phoenix. You did, and, you know, and yeah. and I also, but then I took Toronto yes. to to, to uh, minus the points. So I clearly was. I, I, I only took Toronto though because, in all seriousness, you guys took both took the Phoenix. That's right. And we I bullied him. I That's, thought I, I got we played. Him. I got, no, this I is got good. Played. Remember earlier, you take the opposite team and, 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 and we win. And, and, and yeah. good things happen. Yes. Okay. So this, this now, was planned. This was all planned. Okay. First, I can't believe it's episode eleven, and I'm going to ask this question, Shaggy. Yes. Other than the miracle, what is the path to the playoffs? Because it's still realistic. So the path is that the Phoenix win out, which means you win in New York this weekend, and then we win the Ottawa-Montreal games the following weekend in Canada, which there's only one time a team has gone undefeated on a doubleheader on the road this season, and it was the New York trip to Canada. That it, was the New York, it was New York just traveling to Canada and going undefeated. And that D.C. beats Toronto this weekend also, which they both have a lot to play for. For They're both playing for a, for a surefire home game, right? Yeah. Either D.C. wins and they get to play their, their home game at, in the playoffs. One of their, Definitely their first in a long time. Maybe their first, you know, in, in two or three years. And then uh, if Toronto wins, they clinch a playoff spot and they clinch home field in that first game. If Toronto loses... You know, Philly can still sneak in there and knock them off. And I think for Toronto, the fact that they might miss the playoffs has got to be a wake-up call for a lot of the people in that organization because they that's a, that is a team. Look, coming into the season, everyone else was really high on Madison. I wasn't high on Madison. But I thought there's no chance that Toronto misses the playoffs. Yeah, before they lost against Montreal, they're a top three team in the whole AUDL. You did so call you, I, you the rankings, did say, the power rankings. Shaggy no, did say in the in the the first podcast, and you weren't yet uh, even a yeah, twinkle was, in our eye. Harvest. Harvest. You weren't even a twinkle in yeah, our yeah. eye, Harvest. And uh, 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 Shaggy said the, that the Phoenix were going to beat Toronto, and uh, and they did it not only once but now twice. And now they have the opportunity to win out. Uh, Huck, I can't believe I'm asking this question after last week. I have to, as a, as a just a good journalist, can they beat New York? Can they knock off the undefeated New York Empire? Here's okay. So here's what I know. Because I think they can. You know what winning does to an organization? Yeah, I do. Winning brings players back. I think I think Billy Stickles was was done for the season. But we might have Billy this Saturday. You okay. know, All right. Nick Patel also was probably done for the season for patrol. We might have Nick Patel this Saturday. You know. That might hurt us. <laughs> uh, well, here, here's what I see. Roll I, with the squad. You yes, brought to I agree. Toronto. Roll with that squad and let the starters earn that their spots back. Yeah. Let the starters earn their spots back during the game. Yeah. I mean, my. I mean, my word. I mean, I, why would you go around changing something that you just you just did something that has never been done? Like, and and, and you're gonna sit there and start letting all these other players jump back on the bandwagon. But, now, but you, now, you, know, you know what sucks? So wait, wait, you know what? You know what sucks though. We're missing some people this weekend. We're missing some we people. We were missing people last week. Yeah, but we're missing some people that played against Toronto. Well, like Dylan Smith, Connor Boyle. What kind of people are we missing? We're not Bryce Dunn. We're missing Bryce Dunn. We're missing Eric Nardelli. We're missing him this weekend. We're missing some huge stopper. people. Our defensive stopper, Eric Nardelli. Dylan Smith we and might Connor get Greg Boyle. Martin back, though. We might get Greg Martin. That's what I'm hearing. Dylan Smith and Connor Boyle, who were two players that were the first ever ADL game was in Toronto for the roles they were in and the way they played was outstanding too. I don't want to I don't want to gloss over them, but I'm saying like whatever. Missing no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. I think they should be our handler core going into New York. I think if New York had dropped one of those games, 
in Canada this weekend, which they were, it was, it was close. touch or go in a couple of them. I mean, close. I, in that Ottawa game, I thought they might lose the Montreal game, even though it was close at the end. It was not close during the game. It did not seem like a close game. I would have picked the Phoenix to win today. The fact that they're 11-0 and they have a shot to go undefeated for the season is very troubling to me. That makes it much harder for me to think about picking the Phoenix in this game. See, I, uh, I, I look at it the complete other way now. I mean, well, they rather the have Phoenix, the yeah. Phoenix. Hold on, the Phoenix have nothing to lose. The Phoenix have nothing to lose, and they played like it last week. Now to replicate playing that is difficult, but I think it's something that that, that, this, that this particular team is completely capable of. Number one, number number two, these New York Empire games have not been one-sided wins by the Empire lately at all. I mean, they've been behind in the fourth quarter quite a bit. And they've had to really turn the like turn up the heat and really ratchet up the intensity level for them to pull out these wins. And I think that they just I think you're living you're kind of living on a tightrope when you start doing that. And eventually you're gonna fall. And hey, no better time than at AA Garth Wade Stadium. If the Phoenix hey go Shag, if the Phoenix come out here and beat the Empire, they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, they are going to the playoffs. If they oh. beat the Empire this week, they oh, are. But going what if Toronto to the wins? Then they're just not. If Toronto wins in they're Toronto, they're traveling to DC. They're traveling to DC. No, they're they're in Toronto. Oh, they're in Toronto. They're in Toronto. Oh no. Okay. Oh well. But but I guess I guess I I spoke too soon. How I got it? way too happy. I'm like they're gonna beat New York if and they're gonna go to the playoffs. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. If the if the Phoenix beat New York and we're at four and six, you think they finish the season at, at six and six? Yeah. You can say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll finish the season 6-6. Six six. That would be huge to win our last four games. And to be, five, or no. and to be 500 would be huge, especially after losing that Montreal game and, and going to 2-5. and five. I mean, that was that was a rough that was a rough go or whatever. Uh, so, all right, here we are uh, on the, on the uh, cusp of the New York Empire, the last home game of the year. This Saturday night, opening poll at 6 p.m., July 6th at A.A. Garthway Stadium in scenic downtown Conshohocka, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, and we're right now, right now the Phoenix, we're still allowed to talk playoffs. Shaggy, what's your super stat of the week? Oh, boy. Here's my super stat of the week. So, the, New York has played close games, but I think that's a little bit deceptive because they've played some great teams in those close games, and they, they've had a tough schedule of it late. I think that the key to New York's offense, which is super powered to say the least, it might be one of the most impressive offensive rosters, just from a pure roster standpoint that the ADL's ever had. The, sorry, Harper, I think Harper Garvey is, you know, the cog that makes that particular engine run. Harper Garvey's two worst games this season, and indeed, and the reason I say this is because it's not just Harper Garvey's two worst games this season, but the Empire's two worst games of the season were their, uh, their the game where I think it was nineteen to fifteen against Philly, yep, yep, and twenty to nineteen against DC. Right. Those are offensively the games that they struggled in the most. Now their defense had to perform very well to win those games. They, they struggled most in both of those games. Harper Garvey, who averages forty-seven completions a game. He had 34 completions in each of those games. 34 and 19 points played in the Phoenix game, and 34 in 23 points played against DC, which means he's averaging under a completion a point that he plays in that DC game. And that's the, that's the game where the New York offense has failed the most often. 
if the Phoenix are going to win this game, we need to not just look. Their cutters are hard to guard. We need to limit the number of times that Harper Garvey touches the disc. And that's what that stat says for me. All right, Harper Garvey. I, I definitely agree with you that Harper Garvey is, is one of those players that, and, I mean, he's quietly the uh, stir, the straw that stirs the New York drink, really. He's always got his hands on the disc. And he's always on that O-line, a cog. And he's, he's like a machine. He's very difficult, very difficult to stop. There's no question about that. All right, so we are going to look up some lines here for this week's games, and we're going to open it up with the uh, Empire and the Phoenix. What's is uh, what's the shag? What's the uh, what is, what's the line? What's the over under? So the over under is forty and a half points. I think that's reasonable. Um, it's a little bit lower than I expected, given that the Phoenix just played a whatever fifty point game in Toronto. Um, but blowing up the 40 or the 39 over under last theory, week. The, yeah, the, that theory is blowing. <laughs> yeah. Guys, do you understand how betting works? Look, you can't <laughs> bet one time, lose money, and give up. You'll never win money that way. What are you trying if to make you me do? Took all, if you took all the Western <laughs> Conference overs. Are you a quitter? Stop <laughs> being such a quitter. If you took all the Western Conference overs and all the Eastern Conference unders, you made money last week. I'm giving out free money. Now, you had to bet a lot of money to make money, but you made money. And this business is all about making money. Um, That line is five and a half for the Empire. The Empire are minus five and a half point favorites in Philly. And the two things that I have to say about that line are, one, I think that it is based on solely on the history that these two teams have. I don't I don't think that the odds makers of the AUDL are looking that closely at all the games and projecting forward. I think they're looking at the Phoenix lost by 10 at home and by 5 in New York, and so they're making it a 5.5-point line. That seems reasonable. And I also think that it says that forget the fact that they're not watching all the games in the AUDL. I don't think they're watching the Phoenix games at all. We're not on stadium. We're not a team that anyone except, you know, crazy people making a podcast in Berwyn late at night on a Wednesday are projecting to make the playoffs. The night before a holiday. (laughs) (laughs) With kids at home in a sleepover. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't think they're watching the Phoenix. Because I think the Phoenix are a little bit more dangerous than five and a half point dogs at home to New York. I agree with that. I agree 100% that the... I, at home, at home, you're good for three points at home, right? I mean, and, and football spreads, normally that's the case. So if the Eagles, uh, they're like a harvest, let me explain this to you. So if the oh, Eagles, God. right, they're at home, and they're four-point uh, favorites, right? So they're getting three points at home. They're really a one-point favorite, okay? So they're not really a three-point favorite if they're home. Okay, now if they're on the road and they're four-point favorites, they're really seven-point favorites, and it's even better. So then you know to take the Eagles. So, so see, that's when it, that's when you start saying the line is telling you something, okay? And this line is telling me, take the Phoenix. And this week, I'm just going to take the Phoenix. I think plus five-and-a-half points. I, will, they, will they most likely lose? Yes, I think they're going to lose. What are you saying? Are they going to sit there and lose by one or two goals or three goals max? Yes. I think I'm looking at a 1917 game where they scare New York a little bit in the fourth quarter, fall short, but again showing promise going forward for next year that they can start to talk about 
rubbing elbows with these heavyweights. Can I, can I ask a pondering question? Does, does New York want... What matchup does New York want for the playoffs? Do they want Trove? DC versus Toronto, or do, do they want DC versus the Phoenix? They don't care. They don't care. I don't think they care at all. They, they haven't even thought about it. They think... <laughs> I mean, ultimately, if... If they you probably think, haven't think they want Toronto. Ultimately, they don't want DC. I think if they yeah. had the choice between playing DC at home or Toronto at home they or the Phoenix, Toronto. if they had, the, if they had their, their druthers and they could choose any team at home mm-hmm. or DC at home, they'd choose any team in the league at home. I don't think they want to see DC. Now, even Raleigh. Yeah, I, they would, I think they would gladly play Raleigh over DC at home. Okay. Now, I do, think, I, do think, yes. I do think that they don't really care. And and they're not they're not they don't they don't care in the sense that like they know they have their home game and they're pretty confident they can take whoever's coming out of the playoff game and beat them at home. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good pondering question. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think New York. New York is. I think they feel very confident against anybody in the East. They the, except perhaps like Shaggy saying DC. DC keeps knocking on the door of knocking them off. And the last thing they want is like a, a, a 2010 Phillies situation where you have like 105 wins and you're, you've won the division and all of a sudden you're playing the wild card St. Louis Cardinals and you lose in five games because in the, in, the, in the division round instead of going to the World Series for the third year in a, in a row because you, you fell into a trap, you, a, a hot team. And D.C. with Roland McDonald can get hot. And they can knock off the Empire. It's, but more importantly, I think the Phoenix can knock off the Empire this weekend at AA Garden Bay Stadium. Also, you know it's a lot more embarrassing than a 14-1 record where you drop your last game of the season to the Phoenix but go and win the title. Or a 15-1 record. I, I do know. I do know. It's when the New England Patriots went undefeated through the regular season oh, yeah. and then lost the Super Bowl to the stinking Giants. That's right. To Eli. <laughs> so, Eli. So 12-1, it would not look good. For the record books. If New York wins their every regular season game and then loses to D.C. at home, that would be an awful Paul. Awful Paul. They should definitely lose a game now so they're not at risk of losing that game in the playoffs and going 12-1. That would be ugly. And I think the Phoenix are more than happy to be that team to help the New York Empire get that all-important loss and help them refresh themselves and refocus and re-energize for their big playoff run. Who do you think shows up this weekend? Who do you think? I mean, oh, I, when, I, when you got a Mariah Weaver, I thought he was for he foreshadowed him being great because he had the great game against DC, you know, before Weaver, that Toronto game. Weaver's Weaver's going to show up again, I believe. I think I think that man has turned a corner in my eyes, and I'm really looking forward to see him come out and play just as free again next week. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to see the uh, Sands brothers continue to grow. Um, I want to see. I want to see. Like I was saying to you earlier, Mike Arcada on the D line. I think he's just one of those guys that can flip games by getting breaks and having somebody that dangerous on your D line. Offensively speaking, um, I, I think it can really do just a lot of just nothing but good things for the Phoenix. And I just have a lot of confidence that he's able to do that. Um, Shaggy's making faces, well, and I'm not quite sure why. To, to comment on what you said, I think the opposite is true. I think this is a game where we may want to see less Weaver. Now, to be fair, he is he is impressed. He is as the season has gone along, he's become more and more impressive. He's constantly surprised me, so I could be totally off base. But 
DC and uh, Toronto are teams that I think Philly is athletically superior to, and we want to press our deep matchups because we have taller, faster, stronger players in the air. New York, I don't think that's the case. I think New York is a team where I don't want to see Philly huck it, you know, 15, 20 times a game necessarily because it's a team where I just don't want any just going anywhere near Jeff Babbitt. And if Jeff Babbitt is going to sag back and take away deep, let him sag, keep him sagged back. This is what, though, the Phoenix did differently against Toronto was they didn't, they, they took the better matchup. So maybe if, if somebody gets a handler stuck on them and they take that person deep, like, you know, let's, let's, see, let's see Ben Katz cover Mike Arcata going deep or Sean Mott or somebody of that nature. And then, like, you know, let's, let's not test the, the Ben Yachts and the Jeff Babbitts of the world, but let's see, or the Bo Kitters. Like you and Muller. You Or the Jack Williams is his lower Marion's own. Oh, man, lower, Mar- <laughs> lower Maid Marion. <laughs> I mean, boy, what a vision. By the way, we corrected that mistake in the third episode of The Burning Bird. And somehow our website completely botched it this week, and we're uh, we here at the proud. Brain Bird. We're here at the Brain we're Bird. proud. We're not taking any. We're not taking any responsibility for that whatsoever. Yeah, our pi- our, our Twitter account didn't tweet it at all. Follow us at the Burning Bird. Um, here's why. Here's why I made my face. Do you know what the line is? The betting line for the DC Toronto game? I I don't. Uh, okay, looking at it. Like what is it? I don't. DC by a point and a half. In Toronto. In Toronto. Well, the Phoenix win resonates throughout the AUDL and reaches the underworld of the betting the deep degenerates like Huck. Huck, you never Huck, you never gave us your 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 pick for the uh, over under and the and the uh, and the and the, uh, and the who's going to win with the point spread for the Phoenix New York game. You uh, you seem to get you were you were you were you were trying to divert by asking us questions, but. Yet I didn't forget. I'm circling back around. I'm putting you on the spot. New York minus five and a half, or the Phoenix plus five and a half. Who do you got, Harvish? The Phoenix. You're taking the Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. plus five and a half. Okay. So I, I had them losing 1917. So that's uh, 36 goals. So I, that's the under, right? That's mm. the under. It's going to probably rain too. There could be some storms coming. That's 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 definitely true. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that, but that also helps to play to the under more likely exactly. than not. Um, so what do you what do you have as a final score? You have the Phoenix plus five and a half, so you got five and a half points to play with. Phoenix are winning this game. The Phoenix are beating the Empire. Phoenix are winning this and, game, and they're and they're giving the Empire their first blemish. Sixteen of, uh, to fourteen, Phoenix. Sixteen fourteen in the rain at AA Garth Waite Stadium, Phoenix fans. Tune in to AUDL.TV. Yours truly will have the call. Andrew DeSabato will be to my left doing color commentary. We'll be there with our boys from 302 Sports. Shaggy will be there on the mic one last time this season. I'm so ready. Everyone's so psyched for the Phoenix to come home after that big win last week in Toronto. Historic win. AUDL historic win. Uh, I have to give my pick. I'm sorry? I have to give my pick. You haven't given your pick? No. I you worry so much about me, you know. I, I, you I'm so focused on Huck. I didn't give Shaggy. I am remiss. I apologize profusely. Please, your pick. And by the way, I paid my bet from 
last week, by the yes. way. I went Friday. He did. I, and I blew it out down at Edgley. Cooked steak. Cooked steak. Ba- uh, uh, chicken. chicken. I, I, we had some chicken roll. Peppers, and, onions. Pe- peppers, onions. We, we did a whole two different flavors of steak. Totally rocked it out down yes. at Edgley there, Huck. And now, you, you did you it. put your cleats in the middle of the field? I didn't hang my cleats up just yet, but I'm sure some point this season I will be... Oh, I thought that was your retirement party. It was going to be... No, no, it wasn't my retirement party. It was a party for because I lost the bet to Shaggy but you were trying to Phoenix. But you were, I thought you were trying but, to make... No, no, not, not quite yet. Not, not quite yet. Not one, but three people came up to me from my team and said, you should win bets against Steve more often. This food's great, so... I've, I've always had ready. I, I, I'm looking forward to, to uh, tomorrow. Uh, just to give everybody at the Burning Bird an idea of what they're missing, I have three racks of baby back ribs, uh, a pound and a half of chicken ready to go, uh, a watermelon that will be uh, hollowed out, and we're going to make uh, feta cheese, basil, and watermelon balls on a skewer. They're absolutely delicious there, Huck. I've got to tell you. Oh you, do, you do a little... Uh, on a skewer, you do a little uh, uh, watermelon ball, and then you do a little one leaf of basil, and then like a little square of feta cheese. That sounds and then good. You, and, then oh. you, and then you do watermelon, basil, feta cheese again. My man, you can't beat a little a little balsamic reduction drizzled on top of that. You're living life, my man. You're living life. And that's your kind of food, Harvest. Yeah, There's absolutely yeah. Yeah. no meat in that whatsoever. Like, you would actually eat that. <laughs> All right. All right, Shaggy, what's your pick, my man? I'm sorry. Look, this I'm going game, off of my Fourth of July plans already, man. It's, uh, I'm halfway out the door. Sorry, we're Shaggy. look, we're excited. We're ready to go. We're all pumped up about the Phoenix. This game, as as a Philadelphia fan, a lifelong Philadelphia fan, this game has all the makings of me going home and drinking a beer in my bathtub as I try not to cry. Uh, to wash off the wet of the rain. I think we're going to get a score straight out of, like, a Philadelphia club team going to Nationals in the Open division. I think it's going to be, like, 15-9. New York. Yeah, well, it's in the rain. New York covers, and I just feel wrong afterwards. I just, I I can't shake the feeling that I'm going to be really sad. Because gonna... I'm always really sad when it comes to <laughs> at some point they do make you eventually. Cry. I do think I do. I, I'm like a I'm a lifelong loser when it comes to sports. I tend to lose. Oh, I'll, I'll um, be the second one to tell you that you're a lifelong loser. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, look, when you draft a loser, what does that say about you? Oh. I think that I blame everything. All my failings in life, I blame on that first Super Bowl loss that the Eagles had. Super Bowl um, 15, 1980? No, no, no. I'm sorry. The one to the past. The one I was alive for. 2004. Oh, I'm sorry. Super Bowls occurred before you were alive, Shaggy. That's a lie. <laughs> I think if the... If, Is it with Cunningham? I think if the... No, Cunningham never went to the Super Bowl, Huck. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Never went to the Super Bowl. I'm just asking. Welcome right. to our... 1980 was the Super Bowl 15. The Raiders beat the Eagles. 27 to 10. Who's the quarterback? Welcome to our Philly Jaworski Food Football Podcast. was the podcast. quarterback. There you go. That That's who was the quarterback. Wilbur Montgomery. Wilbur Montgomery was the running back. I mean, I mean. These uh, uh, names uh, are ringing. Uh, Claude Humphreys? No. Bill Berge? To be fair. Nothing. You could be rattling off the oh, Oakland roster. Uh, I don't know it either. Well, no. Rod Martin for the Oakland Raiders had an absolutely had I three know interceptions. Players. I'm saying Jim that. Jim Plunkett? 
I mean, come on, guy. Kenny King. Yeah, I know all these players. Cliff Branch. Welcome to the Philly Food and Football oh, Podcast. Man, man. You know, in all, in all, that was the first Super Bowl. Are you talking about the one where they lost to the Patriots in 04 with yes. Donovan McNabb? Yeah, it's the one, the one was I was alive for. I know him. 24, yeah. I had asthma. He had asthma. I'm oh. a loser. He's a loser. Look. You, you didn't yak during Summer League Finals, at least. I mean, I'll give you that. No, but I did Donovan. stand in your cooler. You did stand in my corner. You, know, you had some dirty feet. You had and we dirty, won that dirty, game that I stood in your cooler. Yeah, dirty, dirty feet. I had Look, beers in that cooler. Here's the secret. If you stand in Steve's cooler, you win games. <laughs> it's I not just, true. I just feel like I'm going to be miserable. 15-9. That's the under, and that's a New York cover. I, I foresee myself being very upset. So now this week, you're the hater, and I'm the optimist. Yes, that's Shocking right. Shocking what a Phoenix win in Toronto will do. What do you think changes? Why are you doing this? What do I think changes? Yeah, why are you... I mean, how much do you want to get into it? First of all, Toronto played awful. Toronto has benefited by always making the right move in a division that has consistently made the wrong move. And this is the first season that they're watching teams actually put to, put forward real competitive rosters and play really strong. Andrew Carroll is one of the best players in the league, like historically. He had four drops. That's uncharacteristic. Harris had his first drop. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Cam Harris might have had his first drop of the season. Maraoka played sloppy. Oh, their D line played sloppy. Hold their O line was inconsistent. Harris, two goals, six assists. Marioka, two goals, six assists. Carroll, three goals, three assists. He had four drops. Nathan Hurst, six goals. He put the disc on the ground. Okay. I'm the you just named all their goals and a bunch of their turnovers. Okay, well, those goals I'm, went through the four I'm major players. These guys, these guys didn't just not show up either. I mean, they did put up some stats. That's I mean, fair. Maybe they're empty stats. That's I'll fair. There's such a thing as empty stats. Like Russell Westbrook. Yeah. They, 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 well, there you go. Russell Westbrook is a perfect example. We don't have time to get into that. No, no, we do not a have lot time. Of thoughts. To get, no, 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 we're out of thoughts on that. I'm okay. percolating. I think that I think that like New York is the talent on New York is unlike any team in the division. I think the only team that can come close is Raleigh. I think the only team historically that can come close talent-wise, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, they won't, that they'll win it all. I do think they'll win it all, but I'm not saying, not saying it's the true thing. I think the only team that can like come close historically are like maybe a couple of those uh, Dallas teams when they were first together. And I, I see what you're saying, but like DC has had three close games with them. DC's a different team. DC is the core. DC's well, core players. New York is beatable. DC's core players are dudes. Beatable. Yeah, not by the Phoenix. Not by the Phoenix. DC's core players are dudes who have played with each other for a long time, and they have the who I the guy I pick as the MVP of the, of the league in Rowan McDonald. And they're and they and they run a system that has all these players who have played with each other forever. Continuing to play with each other forever. That's a different team. And they do and the way that they're they're running with New York is by having those dudes wear out New York's bigger dudes. Do you see Philly having the patience to wear out New York's bigger dudes? Not the, not, no. ben, not Babbitt and Yacht, no. No. Or Bo Kittredge. But you know what, Shag? As you so eloquently put once, there is a universe in which the Phoenix can beat the New York Empire. We just might not be living in it. This we might particular. though. We might though. We might. We may be. We may be. Do, okay, so if it does rain, are they moving us out of the stadium? To the B fields? Yeah. I don't um, think anything could be better for the Phoenix hopes of winning that game than a game on the B fields. Yes. The, the, uh, the stars of the Empire might not even clean up if that happens. I also think that <laughs> the shot. They might look at the field and just go, nah. F, no, no, no. <laughs> 
We'll just take the L and roll back the New York. I mean, I don't think Bo plays. He, he skipped our last game last year. Well, I think he's skipping this game, too. Well. All right, well, fellas, we'll have to see what's going on Saturday night, 6 p.m., A.A. Garthway Stadium, the Empire coming into Philly to see if the Phoenix can pull yet another shocker. For my cohorts here, Huck, Meta, Alexander Shaggy Shragas, I'm Steve Leiner. Thank you for joining us for episode 11 of The Burning Bird. The Burning Bird.